It's McShane and Rucker with Jack McShane and Oliver Rucker on VIC Radio Ithaca. Welcome back to the McShane and Rucker Show here on VIC Radio. We are back in studio. My headphones, of course, just unplugged at the most inopportune time possible. So I didn't hear that intro, so... Well, I did. It was it was, was great. It good? It was, did it John was, do a good job? Was, yeah, he did. It was actually different this one time. He didn't listen to it. Oh. He wished a happy birthday to Charlie D'Amelio this week. Oh, stop. I know. Isn't it great? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm just so upset that I missed that. I know. Well, well, you did. What are you going to do? Now, let's, we could talk about sports now. Yeah, huh? but let's talk about some sports now. You know, there's some, there's some interesting stuff coming out of the New York world, shall we say. You know, the NFL drafts in full swing. Mm-hmm. First three rounds. In the books, Jets made three picks. In the first two rounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, they started out with Zach Wilson, which was expected. Mm-hmm. Then they traded up from 23. They gave up a decent amount mm-hmm. for Elijah Vera Tucker, who's a really good offensive lineman from USC. And then with the 34th pick, the second pick at least in the second round, they just they selected Elijah Moore, the receiver out of Ole Miss. So all offense. But from the consensus is, though, from fans – is that these were all really solid picks? I'm, I'm, I personally am very happy about all three. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Let's go pick by pick, right? Everybody knew that. Everyone and their mom knew that Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson were going one and two. Um, obviously, the Jets needed a quarterback after they traded Sam Darnold. They traded Sam Darnold so they could pick Zach Wilson. Um, love his skill set. He's got a really good arm. Really athletic. Um, good pick. I'm happy about it. Um, but I'm, I'm particularly happy about Elijah Vera Tucker. Um, I, at, 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 so they tra- you said they traded up to get him at first. It was, it was like, oh, cool. And then all it occurred to me that we might be able to see Elijah Vera Tucker and Mikai Becton on the same line for how, and that was the goal. That was, that was and the goal that for Douglas. I got so excited when I, when that, when that, like when that came into my head. Um, but Vera Tucker's, I thought he was a great pick. I thought he was worth what they traded up for him. He's versatile. He, he'll probably play guard for the Jets, but where he played 19 for the Trojans. But he can play left. He can play. T- he can play tackle also. So um, you know, there's versatility there. Um, yeah, I thought I thought the Vera Tucker was a great pick. And in terms of Elijah Moore, again, the Jets were surprised that he fell. He's in. He's in, out of Ole Miss. He's a great. He's another good wide receiver. He played mostly out of the slot, which I thought was interesting because does that what does that mean for Jameson Crowder, who's been the Jets' best receiver the last few years? But Elijah Moore still can play wide out. But um, I don't know. I mean, does does this leave Jameson Crowder as the odd man out? Do you think? Yeah, it's tough, um, and it'll be interesting to see what happens over the coming months. Let's let's start though with I mean probably the most important pick, yeah. which is Zach Wilson, yeah. which you haven't mentioned. Um, second overall pick in the draft. He's got a – I think Jets fans were excited. Like, it's kind of at first it was, you know, there were a lot of fans, including myself, that were kind of hoping that they kept Arnold. Yeah, I mean, it's um, still bittersweet. Yeah, 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 yeah. I understand. But I, I think now I'm kind of starting to grow on Zach mm-hmm. Wilson a little bit more. He's got a great arm. Um, he's he's strong. He's accurate. He can throw from different angles. He's got a good release. Um, and the biggest thing, I think, with this – pick is that he really fits well into this offense mm-hmm. that Mike LaFleur is trying to run here with the Jets. Um, and, you know, in 2020, he completed 62% of passes of 20 yards or more. 
which was the best mark uh, for an FBS passer since they was tracked and started being tracked in 2011. Um, and there's this kind of like schoolyard element to his game, right? Like he kind of he's not really like a pure pocket passer. He kind of rolls out, kind of uses his speed. Like that's kind of what we're looking for in a quarterback for the Jets. And I think that's somebody that's going to really work in Robert Sala's offense. And then the two pieces that they got with him in the draft, I'm saying, with Vera Tucker at 14. I mean, there were so many other teams that you heard of that were just raving about this guy that were mad when he came off the board when the Jets traded up yeah. for him. There were there are a couple people who had him ranked ahead of, you know, both Sewell and Slater, which is interesting. You know, I mean, everyone knew that they were going to go first, but there were some that still think that Vera Tucker was is the better tackle. And the thing is, or, is uh, Vera, lineman, so Vera Tucker played left tackle at USC. Mm-hmm. He's probably going to play left guard mm-hmm. for the Jets, which is is very soft. So you have <laughs> you have Beckton and Vera Tucker on the left side of the line, which mm-hmm. is great. And McGovern, yeah. who was decent last yeah. year, wasn't he? Was good enough. And then obviously the rights. Well, then you have Fant and um, yeah, Edoga and Edoga at right Jim tackle. Edoga, yeah, which is okay. It's okay. It, um, it, but it's slowly there's and Cameron Clark too. He didn't. I don't think he played a snap, but he's still. Last season, but he's still there. It, development. He's a depth piece for now, um, and he's young too. But I mean, the the I just think compared to two years ago, where the, the line now is, it's getting younger and it's getting stronger. And the, and the thing is, is this is actually the first time that the Jets have drafted a first round offensive lineman in back to back drafts since 1977. Well, I also saw it's the first time that they've drafted. Uh, two offensive players in the first two rounds. How crazy is that? Years. Yeah, I think ever. Because every year with the Jets, and like you don't realize it until it actually happens. You're like, oh my gosh, they're drafting another defensive player in the I first know. round. I know. And then they trade them three years later. Yeah. Literally. Yes, in like the last. Except for Marcus May. <laughs> well, Marcus May, who was like agent, like uh-huh. hates the Jets now because they didn't give him the money he wants. I know. So I anyway. He, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So Vera Tucker. Really, really good in the pass protection, I think. I think mm-hmm. that's one thing. You know, Becton, we think of, like, this big guy, like, yeah. really good in the run. But you also – I mean, the guards are just as important, in my opinion. You mm-hmm. with, I, yeah. I mean, they're, the O-line is the most important set of position players, I think, on the field. Well, I agree with that, and I think that's – that's we, we saw that with Sam Darnold. The reason why he – one of the reasons why he was successful in New York. Well, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them, but – one of the main ones was that he was on the floor almost every play because there was nowhere on the ground, sorry, because there was no one to block for him, right? But and that that that'll mess up any young quarterback, right? Along with you know the Adam Gase and everything else. But now with a new system in place, a revamped young offensive line, and a new stud quarterback, I mean. I think I think that I think that they're right. I think the writing. You check. know the thing that's a sh- it's a little bit of a shame though is that you wish you almost wish that Joe Douglas was here like three or four years ago. Yeah, yeah. Because he would have picked Arnold. I mm-hmm. I think. Well, I, yeah, of course. Because in that draft, right, right. Sam Darnold was the top ranked quarterback. So I, that's what I'm surprised saying. When the Browns took Baker Mayfield, that's what I'm saying. So he would have picked Arnold, and probably would have prioritized as he's always done. You know, in his kind of past stints with other teams, Eagles, Ravens, whatever, has kind of prioritized the offensive line because he understands that that's that's where you, that's where you build your offense from, mm-hmm. and then you worry about your playmakers. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, the Jets' wide receiving core—don't get me wrong—is 
on paper is significantly better today than it even was two days ago. Oh, yeah, one hundred percent. Right, 100%. and it's gonna, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Crowder because I, 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 Jamison Crowder was by far the best receiver on the team last year. And that's not, and I'm not. That's not just because he was on the Jets and they weren't, they didn't have a good. Oh, so he very, had, he very had, good he slot had receiver. Very good year. Very good slot receiver. And he has had, he's <laughs> and been honestly, good since he's it's more impressive in theory. Yeah, it really is more impressive the fact that he was able to, yeah. to do that on that roster last year, mm-hmm. um, knowing that he was the number one target every game. Mm-hmm. So I think. You can't keep both, in my opinion. That's just me. Uh, yeah, and well, I mean, they they, they asked Elijah Moore Mims, that. Mims, Davis, Elijah Moore. Yeah, those are the three receivers. Yeah, Crowder. I mean, I just it's just got a so high t- salary. It's just it's so just... tough because it's just you, you know you know he's a he's a quality guy, right? He like we just said he's been the Jets' best receiver, but Corey Davis is their is their big ticket item in the in um. Free agency, right? So obviously he's the wideout, and Denzel Mims and Elijah Moore are your two young. Well, Denzel Mims needs to play in yeah. games, I, but again, Adam Gase is gone. I'm not worried about that yeah. anymore. See, that's a thing too but, that we have to mention. Before, you know, I, in this um, time we're talking about the Jets, is that the you could this is like one of the first drafts where I've actually like not been worried that they were going to make a bad pick, mm-hmm. and like that sounds so stupid, but it's it, it just like. And it's the same thing with the Knicks. Like, it's kind of the same type mm-hmm. of vibe with this culture change that we're seeing. I know. And how important from the top, top the, how down. much it, the yep. top down matters so much, uh-huh. even with the Mets. I mean, obviously, they've been struggling. Yeah. We'll get into that later. You know, Steve Cohen coming in and bringing all these players. Lindor signing a 304. I mean, could we have mm-hmm. even imagined that I a know. year ago? No. So it's I, like I know. So we start with Joe Douglas comes in. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of things to, uh, that were thrown at him that he's got to deal with, mm-hmm. you know. Dealing with Darnold, obviously, because he didn't draft him, and all the stupid picks that McCagan has made and signings that he's made over the last years with yeah. Le'Veon and all these guys. And now he's come in. He's like, listen, this is what we're going to do. We're going to build from the ground up. We're going to draft back in. We're going to draft some guys to protect who was supposedly supposed to be Darnold. And, 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 and we're going to do it right. right. We're not going to cut corners. No, because that's what's been done the last couple of years, and look, and it's done absolutely nothing. We're and they traded guys that like yep. Jamal Adams, who are just whining, uh-huh. got a first round pick out of him and used it. Sort of, kind of used it mm-hmm. to get up to get to Vera Tucker yeah. inadvertently, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, I just obviously, you know, with the drafts, like a lot of times, like we we try to th- we kind of predict like this guy's going to be amazing. We don't really know. Yeah. We obviously don't know. We we see the tapes from them from college and think. Oh yeah, this guy could be really good. You know, mm-hmm. he's really fast. He's got really great route running skills, or you know, he's really good in the pass protection, or whatever. And same thing with Wilson. But you can just kind of see. I'm not going to say, you know, playoffs or whatever. But you can just see, like, even in the war room when they're doing the reactions to like when they're picking the players, mm-hmm. Robert Sala, Joe Douglas, like they're all like so excited yeah. and like all these guys mm-hmm. are like really buying in to like wanting to go to New York. I loved. You know, I I loved when Zach Wilson when he was walking up to Roger Goodell and you saw him all fired dapping up, up and the fans, dapping yeah. up the fans. I thought that was awesome. It was uh, it wasn't obviously he's amped. He just just got drafted, but there was pure excitement well, also, there the about inter- what's happening. And the Jets fans were excited. <laughs> the the interesting thing with Wilson is like he probably knew he was going to the Jets after the oh, pro day. Oh oh absolutely. So he's been thinking about this day yeah. for a while. It was, yeah, exactly. So, so I think just, that was like the. Like the anticipation, like I it's can't say anything. Yeah. I can't say anything. Or Joe Douglas, the same thing. He had like you know a couple of press conferences where he's like, "Wow, you know BYU, like the like and like kind of giving subtle hints mm-hmm. that like they may be willing to listen or maybe they won't." But yeah. you know, I think um, 
It's been a great start for the Jets. They have two fourth-round picks mm-hmm. um, early in the in the draft today, which one of them they got actually in the trade yesterday yes, with the Vikings. From, from the Vikings. Oh, no, no, sorry, two days ago. Um, but, yeah, they got to address the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Corner. You said, you said earlier, yeah, They corner, need a corner. Corner. And now, now here's the thing, though. I think they will draft a corner, but there's free agent corners, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Richard Sherman, who um, I don't know if he'd yeah. want to come to New York. But no, that's, I, I, why wouldn't he? He was a 49er. He, he, that is true. There's a little continuity there. Robert Sala. There's, like we just said, there's a culture change. He can be a leader. He's that veteran guy, and he's still, and he's still a star, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that'd be a great pickup. I think it makes sense. Um, but like you said, I, I think, in, and I think it would help if they, even if they drafted a corner and still signed Richard Sherman again, he can be a mentor, um, particularly for Bryce Hall. Who I'm really big on. I really think he was a steal in last year's draft. I think it was because of he was injured that he fell so far, and I think the Jets really took advantage. He didn't obviously he was also hurt at the beginning of the year last year, but when he came back, I thought he played well. Um, but as he continues to develop, de- to develop, I really think Bryce Hall will be a CB one in my opinion. But um, yeah, I think I think Richard Sherman would be. And Robert Sala is quoted as saying, and this was last week, he said, obviously you guys know I love Sherm. There's a lot of things I'll leave for Joe with regards to that. There's a lot of things that go into play, and that's probably more for Joe's alley, to be honest with you guys. So I, just Sala, think, I think it's something to look out for. It's interesting, but and I also saw there was something yesterday that said that he could return to San Francisco. Go well, back yeah, to the 49ers. That's, that's possible too. I mean, I, 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 we don't, I'm a little surprised he hasn't signed there, at this point. Frankly. There are a lot of interesting free agents – um, that are available right yeah. now. Now, the thing is, it's like with the Jets being a young team, are they in the market for any of those guys? Because, like, you know, most of these guys are probably going to want to win a Super Bowl right away. Um, but just to name a couple, to just read off this list of players, I'm not going to read all of them, but Richard Sherman, Mitchell Swartz, Ryan Kerrigan, Justin Houston, Casey Hayward, Eric Fisher, Melvin Ingram. I mean, these are all really established guys in the league. Um, Gino Atkins. Mm-hmm. Brian Poole is still a free agent who was Jet. He's another corner. That Alshon Jeffrey Alshon is Jeffrey. a free agent. Uh, Sheldon Richardson, another former Jet defensive back and uh, or defensive lineman, sorry. Um, and, you know, Alejandro Villanueva also, who was a, a great tackle for the Steelers for many years. I'm just there are a lot of these guys. I'm really surprised they haven't been signed yet, um, and I think the Jets could. Well, get one a lot of the of reasons one of the reasons is because there's this this rule like with the the compensatory picks mm-hmm. that's starting at 4 yeah. p.m. on Monday. Any unrestricted free mm-hmm. agent that signs with a new team doesn't count towards the 2022 yeah. compensatory formula. So that's going to open up the door for a lot of these guys to kind of fly off the fly off the shelves. So and they will. They will. Hopefully they will. But we are going to take a break. Coming up, we'll talk a little Mets. They are kind of on the opposite side of the spectrum uh, to start the season so far. But hopefully they can turn it around. You're listening to the McShane and Rucker Show here on VIC Radio. Having a hard time remembering that girl from Winslow, Arizona? The one with the, the flatbed Ford? Well... Kick your feet up, because DJ Dog has got the tunes to help you remember. Every Thursday, 6 to 8, on the kickback, you can join me, DJ Dog, for some nostalgia, some memories, some even better classic rock from the 70s, 80s, 90s. 
and a whole host of other great tunes right here on V.I.C. At V.I.C., the voice of Ithaca College, we prioritize diversity and inclusion. We are working to ensure that more voices are heard. We support and will continue to support the Black Lives Matter movement and victims of police brutality and racial injustice. We've heard you. We support you. We must advocate for change. Black Lives Matter. Love listening to all kinds of music? Get your fix of pop, rock, and alternative finds on The Mix. From chart toppers to garage bands and everything in between. Tune in Fridays 6 to 8 p.m. for The Mix. Only on The Vic. La la la. I love to ride my bike so I can feel the wind through my hair. Hey kid, wear a helmet! No way, Grandpa, because then I'm looking like an idiot. The majority of bicycle deaths are due to head injuries. Helmets reduce the odds of a head injury by 50%. Don't be a dummy. Wear a helmet. I would do anything for love. Like catch a grenade, jump in front of a train, watch The Bachelor, slaying a fire-breathing dragon, or tuning in to Nothing But Love on VIC Radio, Tuesdays, 11 to midnight. I'm getting a catcher's mitt. I'm getting ice skates. I'm getting a jigsaw puzzle. I'm getting dying coral reefs. A blue bicycle. A walkie-talkie. I'm getting a severe drought. Cool block skateboard. I'm getting melted ice caps. A killer heat wave. A shrinking glacier. I'm getting a devastating flood. Adults are generous. We're even giving kids global warming. But it's not too late. We can still reduce greenhouse gas pollution. Go to fightglobalwarming.com. Brought to you by Environmental Defense, the Robertson Foundation, and the Ad Council. We have an app. Take VIC Radio with you on your iOS device. That's right. The best of what's next is available wherever you go. Current song information, in-app access to social media, sleep timer, and alarm clock settings. It's all there. Download the VIC Radio app from the App Store today. At VIC, the voice of Ithaca College, we prioritize diversity and inclusion. We are working to ensure that more voices are heard. We support and will continue to support the Black Lives Matter movement and victims of police brutality and racial injustice. We've heard you. We support you. We advocate for change. Black Lives Matter. It's McShane and Rucker with Jack McShane and Oliver Rucker on VIC Radio Ithaca. Back here on the McShane and Rucker Show here on VIC Radio. Jack McShane alongside Oliver Rucker from the Jets to the Mets. The Mets again, they just, they can't hit. It's really frustrating to watch, especially over the last couple of days. They lost to the Phillies again last night 2-1. Marcus Stroman had a great game, pitched really well. And yet again... Um, it's another another loss, not scoring runs. And then there was an altercation, actually, at the end of the game between Dom Smith and Jose Alvarado, where Alvarado struck out Smith. The Mets had second and third with two out, and Alvarado struck him out. And then 
let's just say, celebrated it very, was very excited. Let's just put it that way. And then Dom, you know, this kind of scales, this goes back a yeah, little bit to when Conforto like, got hit with the pitch. If you don't know what happened, yeah, a, couple, you can explain a couple weeks ago, the Phillies were in New York and Jose Alvarado was pitching and threw up and into Conforto, Michael Conforto, twice. Mm-hmm. Um and he, and he heard some chirping from the Mets dugout, namely Dominic Smith. Alvarado responded. You know, he did the talk, talking hand gestures um, and told them to be quiet, basically. You know, like, uh, he's like, I'm not, I'm not trying to hit him. You know, well, what, regardless, the Ron Darling said, it's like, you know what, whatever. At this level, you shouldn't. That almost makes it worse if you weren't trying to because you shouldn't be throwing at the guy's head accidentally two times in a row in the, at this level. So then last night, Dominic Smith comes up in a big spot, uh, second and third, and two outs. Um, at the time, I think it's still 2-1. And yeah. Alvarado's pitching again, and he uh, comes back from a 3-0 count, strikes him out. Like you said, he celebrates, which is fine, I think, at this point. But uh, then he starts, you know, as Dom Smith's walking back to the dugout, he starts barking at him and says, you know, you know whatever, it, whatever it was. And so Dom Smith then... Um, you know, takes exception and you know walks toward him, and then they have to be separated. And uh, no, they didn't. They didn't fight as usual. But um, yeah, but as, it, as bench, usual, but with the these benches MLB did role. clear. And then the following inning, Miguel Castro is pitching for the Mets through slightly inside to Reese Hoskins, and Reese Hoskins was weird about it. Started chirping again. Benches kind of went halfway out, but n- nothing came of that but it's just it's I, I it's like you know yeah I don't think Jose you know what I don't think Jose Alvarado meant was trying to hit Mike Conforto in the head that said why is he why 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 does he have to yell at Dominic Smith in that situation right he's starting he's he's starting things he is mad because the Mets were mad at him which is so childish right and um, Dom said, quote, after the game, he said, I'm a grown A man. Come meet me there if you really got a problem. Then we can really handle it. He waited for his team to grab him. I'm right there. He can meet me in the tunnel tomorrow if he really wants to get after it. You love that so, from Dom. I love it. Yeah. The fire is lit from Dom. He, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe if this, maybe this is a spark for the Mets. But I just think that it's like it's just so childish of Jose Alvarado. There's no, there was no reason to do that. You know, Dom walked away like a man, and he went after him. And again, it, it wasn't like the Mets pulled something out of nothing. They, they, they. He, he, lived, he, he threw at Michael Conforto, whether he meant to or not. That's something that happened. It's on video. It, you know what I mean. So it's just, it's just, it was so bizarre. You know what I mean? It was, it was just, it was, it was bizarre. Yeah, there was interesting quotes from Luis Rojas too after the game last night. I mean, he said that you know, obviously Alvarado's actions were unwarranted, and then he said. <laughs> You get your punch out. You did what you had to do. You get off the field and let the game go. Yeah. So it's you know, I just and again, these, I these don't bench ha- brawls in the MLB are so fake. Like they never actually like at this point in the at this point in the way the state of the game is. I don't mind if you celebrate after a strikeout. I also don't. I don't either. mind if I don't mind if you celebrate after a home run. It's 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 the way the game is, and that's fun. Let, right? Quote. Let's the let the but kids play. I ne- I don't but, understand why these but, players but get then, so uptight about this. But then, like this. yelling at at a player for something that happened weeks ago that you did, 
Doesn't no, make any Alvarado's sense at all. in the wrong for sure. I mean, and then, it's I, almost and then, hypocritical. And then I don't understand what Reese Hoskins was mad about. That that the ball that Miguel Castro threw didn't come close to him. He walked him. You know what I mean? It was like I don't I don't. You in know. fairness, after the game, he did say that it was. But still, not it, that big of a deal. But, but yeah, yeah, and it good. I didn't I didn't see that, but that's good to hear. But like still, at the time, that sure was heat of the moment. Because they they well, because it's like you know they claim that it's a divisional game and there's you know obviously a little bit of a higher stakes you know because whether it's April whether it's September it doesn't matter like these games obviously all matter. Mm-hmm. Um, this this moment like overshadows how horrific the Mets have been at the plate. Yeah. Horrific. They've scored one run. Wait, I have it here. I mean, it's 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 not good. Mets they've scored pitching. once. They've scored once in their last twenty five innings. Mm-hmm. Francisco Lindor, zero for five last night. His average is one eighty nine. Mm-hmm. Now again, twenty games into the season, yeah. we say give it time. Whatever. We've been saying this for weeks, but there comes a point where there's there's something weird here. No, it, it's it's, it's there, bizarre. There's a genuine concern. There is. But I but like I, I I'm going to keep saying this until it's wrong, but there's still there is lots of time left. And but I think some of these guys that are reliable just aren't right. hitting. I know. That's a concern. The 20 Mets, games, they should be able to figure it out in the Mets first 20 pitching games. pitching has allowed just 3 earned runs in the last 3 games and the Mets lost all the games. And don't even get me started with DeGrom. I mean, you know ERA is the the I, I and I can't believe the Mets lost because of two runs scored on a drop third strike. If those runs had they would have won that one to nothing, which still isn't really good. You it's one run, but I mean it's it's the Mets And the run they scored been, was lucky too. It got stuck in Alec Bohm's webbing. Mets pitching has been so good and like it's almost like it and like usual, the Mets haven't been backing him up. It's like every everybody's DeGrom now. Um, but again, I, I think, I really do think they're going to turn it around. April showers bring May flowers, right? Yeah. And, um, I'm not worried about Francisco Lindor. It, to move from a place like Cleveland to uh, the biggest market in the world, New York, is an adjustment. Okay, but this well, even is with, not, well, stop, let, wait, stop. Even with limited fans... It's an adjustment. Stop. And he is not the only big but star. But we're talking about Francisco Lindor. He is it's... not the only big star that has come to New York and struggled initially. Some haven't come out of it, like Jason Bay, but others have, like Carlos <laughs> Beltran. He's not oh the only my. one. It happens. I'm not worried about him. Like you said, he is Francisco Lindor. He's going to come out of it. He's, he hasn't let it affect his defense. He's still a leader. And I, even though he's not getting the results, he's still being productive at the plate. So I, I'm, I'm not worried about him. I think he's going to come around. I think the Mets' offense is going to come around. Everyone just happens to be a slump, be in a slump at the same time. You know what that means? Everyone's going to break out at the same time. I don't know if that's how the way it works. No, but... it's not. But that's that's how you it's, it's how <laughs> just you looking optimism. At, looking at their lineup from last night, not including the pitcher, six out of the eight hitters in the lineup last night have an average under two fifty. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that's good. I, I mean, obviously, it's not. I'm not saying that it's not a problem. I'm just saying that I think they're, but they're. Co- I think it can be fixed. It, they are. They are so lucky to be only two games under 500, and the uh-huh. reason, as we've no, said, is right. because of the pitching, uh-huh. and that has kept them in games. I mean, Stroman again last night. We got to mention him because he was phenomenal. But like you said, it, they, but it, that can't pitching can't well, win doesn't you matter every game. They didn't win the game. But again, he was removed actually for 64 Firm. pitches. He had, I think, it was hamstring do tightness. We, do we know how serious it is? Do, did they? I, I don't know if there's been. I think there's more. 
testing and evaluation that'll be happening today. But yeah, he was removed from the game, 64 pitches. He had some hamstring tightness. But over those five innings, he allowed two earned runs on eight hits with eight strikeouts and one walk. His ERA is under two. It's 1.86. So, so yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, he's expected to, you know, make his next start. Um, Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, Oliver's having trouble in here. He's he's whispering to me that he can't hear. Me. I can hear, but I turn my mic down. I turn my headphones off. Sorry about that. Okay, well, I'm good. You know that's that's happened to me a couple times, and uh, I'm I'm still a freshman, Jack. You are. I know. I scream professionalism when oh. I talk, and that. Why do you uh, Why do you I'm, think I'm doing the show with you? I'm just. I'm so. Uh, you know. I'm just. I'm just so intelligent and but but you, I would, you wouldn't even think i still i still make mistakes sometimes so but i apologize anyway you're like i can't <laughs> yeah i know I was, <laughs> so everybody was able to hear that but anyway back to marcus stroman um yeah really good start last night mets pitching's been really good for the most part mm-hmm. um and they're getting two guys back mm-hmm. sooner rather than later with yeah, carrasco, carrasco and mid-may and Syndergaard early june they said right i, I almost forgot about carrasco i mean with yeah. this whole fiasco that the mets are you know kind of t- and did you see steve cohen was tweeting last yeah, night i know he 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 broke the the um the uh <laughs> the seal the stroman noose that's what he broke the it was yeah uh, you kind of it's so it's so strange. And did you also did you notice Jets owner Woody Johnson has started to has started to be be active on Twitter and try and engage with the fans? I think it's cool. I really do. I mean, I, Steve Cohen has kind of been a a, a trailblazer, right? Yeah, in that sense. Last night he tweeted. He said, "At least Twitter is making me laugh on a tough night so far." And then somebody said. Fire everyone at Steve Cohen, and then he responded, and then what? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so um, fans obviously were not, as rightfully so, have not been pleased with the way the Mets have been playing. It's I no. it's crazy to think that they actually have won nine games, to be yeah. honest. Um, but they're back in action again today against those six, same right? Phillies. It's 6.05. It's Taiwan Walker against former Met Zach Wheeler. Uh, mm-hmm. Walker's been another... <laughs> Really good for the yeah. Mets. He's got a two. I think he's one and one with a two two point one four ERA. He's got twenty three strikeouts and twenty one innings. He's been really good so far for the Mets this year too. So um, that game will be at six o'clock on SNY, I believe. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. No, I mean, like he's like Tywin Walker's been great. Um. Who, when Carlos Carrasco and Syndergaard come back, obviously Peterson is probably the odd man out, right? And yeah. Who also, who makes, they sent Joey LaCasey down. DeGrom asked for another day. Who do they call LaCasey back up to, for that that one start? I don't, I'm not sure what day it is right now, but is it, or is it a bullpen day? Do they use an opener? Yeah, they've they've talked about using an opener um, before. Uh, I mean, guys like Loop and some of these other guys that are in the bullpen, you know, have done that while they were in Tampa. Um, yeah, I mean, we've seen teams around the league do it. I mean, Tampa Bay, as I just said, is an example of a team that does that a lot with the opener. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it's yeah, I think it's an option. I think you know, Lucchese and 
Yamamoto and all these guys that are kind of on the fringe could be possibilities. I don't think it's that really big of a deal because, like, once Carrasco and Syndergaard come back, like, I mean, the depth is there. Mm-hmm. Like, they're—I'm sorry. They're just kind of, like, depth pieces at that mm-hmm. point. Oh, I love Scott for a bit. One of them gets injured again, but which is honestly possible. Um, but, yeah, I think it's it's good to see. Like, that's—so if we look at the positive side of things, obviously hitting aside, I mean, they've just been terrible. I mean, they had a 20-plus scoreless— um, inning streak that ended last night, luckily. Uh, but the pitching has been phenomenal, and that kind of gives you that hope of, okay, we can actually maybe turn this thing around and only still being two games under five hundred. And, you know, if you look at the NL East, none of the teams are really that great to start the year. No, and and again, it's, it's always it, – the last couple of years it's been touted as the division in baseball. There's you know, no the, the, team over 500 in the no, NL East. I know, isn't that crazy? That is wild. Phillies are first Phillies in the NL East right at 13 and 13. The Mets, Obviously the Mets, Braves, change. and Nationals are all one game back, and the Marlins are one and a half back. So Obviously, all that close. will change. But like, it's it is crazy that it, it we're going we're now in May, and the best division in baseball doesn't have a team over 500. I think I I, I that is that's insane to me, and. Um, yeah, I just that's it's it's mind-boggling. It's it's been a month of baseball, you know. Yeah, yeah these next two games are are really crucial crucial for the Mets. These two road games on the Philly uh, against the Phillies because then they hit the road to play the Cardinals for a four-game set in St. Louis, which will be obviously the Cardinals are always a good team every year, always pretty solid. So that'll be uh, interesting to see how the Mets can hopefully get those bats going. Uh, but we are going to take a break coming up. Damian Lillard to the Knicks this offseason? Could be possible. We'll let you know on the McShane and Rucker Show here on VIC Radio. Start your weekend off right with no sleep till noise pollution from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. on Friday nights. We'll be jamming out to music from all over the spectrums of rock, punk, folk, and every in-between. You'll be on the edge of your seat with every show following a new theme. Some weeks will be focused on lyrics. Some weeks will be focused on music and some weeks will be focused on flat-out volume. It's the show that makes more speakers blast than Little Caesar makes pizzas. What better way to start off the weekend than with great lyricism and a killer guitar solo? No Sleep Till Noise Pollution is the launch pad into the weekend that we all need. Want to make your speakers apologize for not having a high enough volume setting? Tune in to No Sleep Till Noise Pollution with me, DJ LB3, on Friday nights from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. Medical mistakes claim tens of thousands of lives every year. The healthcare community is working on it, but you can help. When you communicate with your doctor, when you ask more questions, you reduce your risk of suffering a medical mistake. Doctors can't answer if you don't ask. Help reduce your risk. Questions are the answer. Learn the 10 questions you must ask. Visit www.ahrq.gov. This message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, the Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality, and the Ad Council. One-third pop bops, one-third rock songs, and one-third alternative beats creates The Mix. Fridays at 6 p.m. on the best of what's next. At VIC, the voice of Ithaca College, we prioritize diversity and inclusion. We are working to ensure that more voices are heard. We support and will continue to support the Black Lives Matter movement and the victims of police brutality and racial injustice. We have heard you. We support you. We must advocate for change. Black Lives Matter. Turn the dial to 10 with no sleep till noise pollution from 9 to 10 p.m. Friday nights. 
Start your weekend off right with a concoction of all kinds of punk, rock, and folk music from all different time periods. Every week will be a different and interesting theme. From music for your mosh pit to music for your cross-country road trip, I'm going to be playing it all. At VIC, the voice of Ithaca College, we prioritize diversity and inclusion. We are working to ensure that more voices are heard. We support and will continue to support the Black Lives Matter movement and victims of police brutality and racial injustice. We've heard you. We support you. We must advocate for change. Black Lives Matter. Want to hear your favorite song sung by a different artist? Tune in to We Got It Covered on Thursdays from 10 to midnight, only on VIC Radio. At VIC, the voice of Ithaca College, we prioritize diversity and inclusion. We are working to ensure that more voices are heard. We support and will continue to support the Black Lives Matter movement and victims of police brutality and racial injustice. We've heard you. We support you. We must advocate for change. Black Lives Matter. If you found $20 on a walk, you would think that's a lot of money. If you had to read 20 books for your class, you would think that's a lot of reading. If you had to stay awake for 20 hours straight, you would think it's a lot. But on the weekend of April 16th, four VIC radio DJs are going to show that staying awake for 20 hours is easy by staying up for 50. This year's 50-hour marathon benefits the Ithaca Children's Garden. More information at 50hours.org. It's McShane and Rucker with Jack McShane and Oliver Rucker on VIC Radio Ithaca. Back here on the McShane and Rucker show here on VIC Radio, Jack McShane alongside Oliver Rucker. The New York Knicks still going strong, fourth in the East. They're eight games over 500 right now, 35 and 28. And an interesting article came out yesterday suggesting that uh, there's an opportunity for the Knicks to possibly trade for Portland Trailblazers star Damian Lillard in the offseason. Now, we obviously don't know how, you know, true this is. But it's something interesting to talk about because now, like, usually in the past when we hear about these players that are, you know, could possibly go to New York, it never really comes to fruition. But, you know, with this kind of situation, like, they're, you know, Damian Lillard has come out and said, like, you know, a couple of years ago he actually thought he was going to be traded to New York. And then now, you know, he's – Damian Lillard's like kind of like the poster boy in the NBA in terms of loyalty. Mm-hmm. And actually staying with a franchise for a long time. And I think he actually, from sources around the NBA, including Chris Haynes and some other people, have started to say that Lillard actually may be finally, finally growing impatient with the Blazers and could look to go elsewhere this summer. So the Knicks would have to give up a lot, but it's definitely something interesting to think about. It is interesting, but um, I don't I don't I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's. I think it'd be great if it does. I think it'd be really cool, but I don't think it will because, um, like you said, Damian Lillard has kind of been the poster boy for loyalty. He's been outspoken about wanting to win a championship in Portland, and as we, you know, championships don't come overnight. Obviously, Portland hasn't surrounded Damian Lillard necessarily with the talent that um, a championship would require, but I think that. If if the if the Trailblazers traded him, it would look bad on the Portland organization. And if Damian Lillard requested a trade, 
it would look bad on Damian Lillard. So I, I, I don't see it happening. I obviously, you know, I, I have to imagine it is frustrating for Lillard. But um, I don't know. I just I can't see a scenario where it happens. And also, like you said, it it would take a lot to get Damian Lillard from the Trailblazers, who's arguably the best Trailblazer of all time. Okay, wait. Let me give you some numbers here. Let me give you some numbers so we can understand what we're dealing with here. So, the Knicks have sixty million in cap space this summer, right? Mm-hmm. Damian Lillard's owed about one hundred and seventy-six million over the next four years. Mm-hmm. Now, what's interesting to note about this is that, um, according to one source, and again, this may not even be true. Who knows? The Knicks would likely be willing to trade three or four first rounders for Lillard if that means they can hold on to Barrett and Obi Toppin. So, an idea would be. And they also mentioned that they could also throw Mitchell Robinson. So the, the, the structure from the Knicks' perspective that they would want would be Mitchell Robinson and, like, three or four first-rounders. Yeah. Now, is that worth it for Lillard? Honestly, probably. You think so? But the Knicks still, they don't—I mean, Derrick Rose has obviously had a great season. Don't get me wrong. And Peyton, whatever. I mean, we have—everybody's got their fair share of opinions on Alfred Peyton. But the Knicks just still don't have a point guard. Now, that could come through the draft— which is probably what's going to happen. Like, what we're saying right now is very unlikely. Yeah. Well, th- listen, I think It's just that interesting to think about that it's even remotely possible. I, yeah. Well, that's – I think four – Which is a credit to the Knicks, Three or four first-round picks in Mitchell Robinson for Damian Lillard would be very Knicks-like to do, right? You think that that – Can I tell you – and I'll tell you why. Like obviously, but you're telling not, them they're speeding up the process. That, again. Yes, that's 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 what, what I that's thought what when I just at. read that. I was like, like that's <laughs> that's I'm not not getting that big ticket item necessarily. They've gotten mellow and you know, but right. I'm, Amari, but like that they're that then they're getting impatient and cutting corners again. Yes, they're in the fourth seat, but with those four picks, you can draft, you can get, you can build even more, get a point and guard. get even better. You can get a point guard exactly. So to give that up. Right, and then you'd also be giving up Mitchell Robinson, who is a huge part of the future, right? So, again, you're speeding up the process, you're cutting corners, and even though the, then then it would make the Knicks a better team, and he would still hold on to RJ and Obi, but again, you're giving up more of the future to win now when they're still winning now and still have a future, you know? And I, that that's what I think, and that I that I think they need to avoid temptation in that way. You know, yes, they have a lot of money to play with. Yes, they have draft picks, but use those draft picks to build so you can stay good, so that the Knicks can be good for a long time. That's not something that has happened, obviously, right? And um, so, yeah, as much as I love Damian Willard, frankly, I think he's the best point guard in the NBA. Wow, I, I really do. But I just, I just think that the Knicks would. It's one of those trades that like appeals to like a casual fan. Yeah. And I just think that if you look into it, it's just – I think the Knicks are doing the right thing right now, and it's working. And they don't mess with it. Keep keep doing what you're doing. There's there's free agency that you can go. There's big ticket items. There's DeMar DeRozan in free agency. There's others. If, if you want to go that route, then do it. But don't give up the future and start cutting corners again because we've seen what, seen what happens with that with – all the teams that we root for, and the Knicks' future is really good. They have a stockpile of first-round picks. They have five, and they yeah, and they five over the next three now. drafts, and they also have two first-rounders in this draft. The Mavericks pick, which yeah. honestly, it's probably not going to be a lottery pick. The Mavericks, I doubt it, probably be fine, and they'll be in the playoffs anyway. Still, first-round pick, and they also have the Pistons' second-rounder, which could be 
if they finish with the worst record, a very late first mm -hmm. in theory. So they have mm -hmm. a lot of a good amount of picks, and as we said, sixty million in cap space. There's a lot of decent free agents out there. You know, DeRozan, as you mentioned, Oladipo, like these mm -hmm. types of guys. I mean, it's there's guy the Knicks. That's the route they should go. Yeah, Dra draft a point guard and then supplement in free agency. So you don't think, and I'm not saying I do or don't. I'm I'm asking you. You are not sold on Emmanuel quickly being the point guard of the future. No, I've told you since since he's kind of rose to kind of become like one of the best, better you know players rookies uh, anyway. To be honest, in the league this year, is that I can really view him as like a Lou Williams type six uh -huh. man. Because he just, I think one of the things that quickly needs to get a lot better at is actually creating, and he honestly has gotten better at mm -hmm. it since we last talked about it. Um, because he can he can get a lot of he can get shots for himself, but what really you know excel make well what will make him excel is kind of becoming like a Chris Paul type where he's a really really good facilitator and then the shots you know just come with that um so that's why I think I think quickly's like bound to be like one of the better six men in the entire league mm -hmm. so I think they need more of like a facilitator and honestly as somebody that we haven't mentioned Lonzo Ball could be that guy mm -hmm. um he's a restricted free agent which makes things a little complicated because the Pelicans can match any offer that you know, another team makes, but he could be an option of somebody who's um, more of a facilitator type of player uh, in the lineup. But see, here's the thing, though, is like with Randall being so successful, it's I mean, obviously, maybe it's not a year to year thing. I mean, maybe this year was just an anomaly. Hopefully not. Um, I don't think it will be. I mean, he's improved unbelievably and his work ethic is top of the line. Um, Toppin, I mean, in even in the future years, like. Because we were talking about him possibility even being thrown into this lower trade. Where is the playing time coming from for this guy? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, that's that's interesting. I mean, Randall plays forty minutes a night. Randall plays forty. I know. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't have an answer because for then, you. Because, because you're it, thinking like, oh, don't trade him because he's only he's literally been on the team for a couple months. Yeah. Like we can't trade him. But then I, the other I hand, don't you're think like, they will. I mean, obviously they want to hold on to him. Yeah. Right? Oh There's, yeah. Obviously, yeah, gotta get rid of him right? now. Um, he's a he's uh, again he's a big part of the future, um, and I, I I trust Tom Tom Thibodeau. I, I I think that they'll they know they'll know how to manage Obi Toppin. Um, you know maybe you know you, it's not the NBA isn't traditional anymore where you have to have point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, and center. You can you can mix and match. You can shift things around. Maybe there's a point where I don't know he gets. Skilled enough where they feel comfortable putting him in, putting him at the three. Who knows? You know, you never know how things can shape out. But um, I'm not worried about that so much. If Obi Toppin earns it and deserves it, he'll get playing time. And if he doesn't, he won't. You know, I, that's that's how that's how I view things. They're obviously not getting rid of him again. He's part of the future. Um, but if Julius Randle keeps this up, keeps this up, obviously he's not going anywhere. And he look he looks like he wants to be a Nick for. Ever, right? Yeah, so, um, you know, I, I, that's that's an interesting question, but I think right now, especially with him still, you know, being a rookie, I think it's just it's a little, it's a little too early to wonder about, you know, his his place if that that makes mm -hmm. sense. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So I just, but I think in terms of like a point guard, like you said, I think Lonzo Ball would help the Knicks, but. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm I'm not I think Emmanuel quickly maybe not next year, but I think eventually he can handle being the everyday being the starting point guard. Um 
I think that he, like you said, he's he's improved with his facilitating. He he's good at creating shots for himself. Um, but I think that as he continues to get older and more experience, he'll learn. He'll learn. He'll add more. He'll get more fast. He'll learn more facets of the game. And um, but I'm not. I, I I actually. But I I do like your analysis of him being more of a six man and comparing him to Lou Williams because. He uh, he himself has compared himself to Lou Williams. Yeah, that's, that's what I was his, saying. That's so one of his idol. idols. But um, I don't know. It's it's very interesting, you know, especially since the Knicks have a couple point guards on their roster now. But obviously, other than Emmanuel Quickly, maybe they're not future pieces. Well, in the immediate future, Knicks have a really big six-game road trip coming up. Yes. Um, a little bit of a West Coast swing, starting with the Rockets um, tomorrow, and then they finish out the season um, with a couple of home games against the Spurs, Hornets, and Celtics, and then it's playoff time, and then can you believe that? Like I was just thinking about this. Then just think about it for a second. The New York Knicks are a playoff team. It's crazy, barring they don't lose out. I still don't believe it. But they <laughs> are right. We can't, we can't even say it yet. But we can't say they it yet. are a playoff team, and they're not just a playoff team. They are in the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference. They're four games back from the Bucks. Not saying they're going to catch the Bucks. Because they're not. They're not. But like th- th- that's incredible. They're not. They didn't. They, they didn't just weasel their way in. They're not the eighth seed. They're not in the play. They they're not in the. They're not tenth. You know, and they're going to be in the playing tournament. No, they're 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 in the playoffs. They're the fourth seed. The Nick, New York Knicks. That is insane. Knicks four and a half game lead over the eighth seeded Hornets. They mm-hmm. also have a six game lead. Over the tenth seeded Wizards, which will be the last team to make the playoffs. Tom Thibodeau is coach of the year. He is. Julius Randle most improved. We're going to take a break, though. We're going to finish out the show talking about Aaron Rodgers. His career might be in jeopardy. See what I did there? Maybe I don't know if I stole that from anybody. Who knows? You did. I did. Sadly, but still a good joke. Anyway, we'll be back. McShane and Rucker show here on VIC Radio. Looking for your classic rock fix. Every Thursday, 6 to 8, you can join me, DJ Dog, on the kickback. Listen to some classic rock tunes right here on VIC. VIC Radio. Hey, what's up? How are you? Good, good, you know. It's so typical of me. No, like, no. Tell me what you want to hear. That's why, you know, that's what radio DJs do. Take requests and, you know, are you, you're still talking. Okay. Sounds good. We take requests. Call in at 607-274-1059 or tweet us at VIC Radio. It's important to make sure your family has a plan in case of an emergency. We talked to this family to see if each of them knew where to meet if they were not together when something happened. If a natural disaster happened and we were outside the home, we would all meet at the park. That's our meeting point. I meet places at our neighbor's house because she is my mom's good friend. We all have a meeting spot, which is a bus stop. Is your plan any better? To learn more about making an emergency plan for your family, go to ready.gov. This message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. Are you feeling depressed, melancholic, experiencing a case of the Mondays, blue, exhausted, emotionally drained, not excited, depressed, miserable, unhappy, dejected, or sad? Well, there's only one cure. 
Listening to Real Sad Lad Hours Mondays from 10 to midnight on VIC Radio. At VIC, the voice of Ithaca College, we prioritize diversity and inclusion. We are working to ensure that more voices are heard. We support and will continue to support the Black Lives Matter movement and victims of police brutality and racial injustice. We've heard you. We support you. We must advocate for change. Black Lives Matter. Join us, DJ Cami and DJ G-Love, in the new age of music with some self-produced bedroom pop tunes on VIC Slumber Party. We take a look at the growing music scene of DIY artists, check out the discography of new and young musicians, get some insight on the process, and jam out. Tune into VIC Slumber Party Wednesdays from 8 to 10 right here on VIC Radio. As the midterms roll by and the tests and quizzes pile up by the day, if you feel like you're a little in over your head, Consider finding yourself a free tutor at the Ithaca.edu slash tutoring page online, getting yourself matched up with someone in whatever classes you need, and working out times that fit around your schedule so that you can focus on your schoolwork. We're not strangers to love. You know the rules, and so do I. A full commitment's what I'm thinking of. You wouldn't get this from any other specialty show. Nothing but love, Tuesdays, 11 to midnight. For all your ishy-gushy warm feelings, tune in. When the red flashing lights on a school bus come on and the stop sign comes out, you must stop. In New York State, you cannot move again until the red flashing lights go off and the stop sign is retracted, or until the driver or a traffic officer signals it is okay to pass. You must stop even on the opposite side of a divided highway. If you decide it's okay to risk a child's life and pass a stop school bus, you could face fines or even have your license revoked. Is it really worth it? Always obey the school bus stopping law in your state. It's McShane and Rucker with Jack McShane and Oliver Rucker on VIC Radio Ithaca. All right, five minutes to go here on the McShane and Rucker show here on VIC Radio. Uh, we'll, we'll finish out today by just quickly mentioning about this whole Aaron Rodgers debate, or not debate, sorry, this whole saga um, with Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, or rumored saga. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers wanted a contract extension, apparently, and now he's, you know, gotten into a little bit of a back and forth with, um, you know, with the GM of the Packers, and it's just been, you know, obviously it kind of started last year when they drafted Jordan Love. Um, instead of actually helping Rodgers uh, in you know the skill positions, instead of drafting a wide receiver, did mm-hmm. it again. They drafted a corner last night, uh, which brought more speculation about um, you know Rodgers is signed through the 2023 season, and this is crazy to think that like there are actually reports, as Adam Schefter says, it's legitimate. He told some teammates that he does not plan to return, and it's kind of this back and forth that he's having with um, with the GM, and it's just. It's, it's kind of a messy situation. No, um, he's he's not. He going just gonna, he's, he's, you know, he's, he's gonna not, retire and go to Jeopardy. He is not going anywhere. Yeah, he is. No, he's not. He, yeah, is, he is. A, he is. If he were, if 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 he is not a Packer, it's because he retires. He will not. So so you, so, he, he's, so there's a possibility that he retires. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. But I mean, I really, I I can't imagine. What Aaron is making Rogers you say not. that it's get? Because he's, look at this. Look at these reports that are coming pa- out. Because obviously the Packers had to say this, but they don't want to trade him. Of course, well, right? Yeah, I mean they're gonna. There's they, no way they're coming out and being like, yeah, because he's gone. he. I just I I can't envision a scenario where the Packers get rid of Aaron Rodgers, right? I just 
I, I, I really, there's no real reason behind what I'm saying. It just seems so blasphemous to me that a, um, that Aaron Rodgers wouldn't be a Green Bay Packer. I don't know. I, I'm sorry that I don't have more like something behind this, but I just, I just don't think it's gonna happen. Well, but one, but also you can't draft Amari Rodgers and not have Aaron Rodgers on your team. That that would be that would be so sad. And and who would who would be the I guess they they if they were to trade they would trade for a quarterback. But or it could be Jordan Love. I, you think Jordan Love's ready? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, yeah. he was a first-round pick last year. I mean, he's not bad. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting. NFL reporter Trey Wingo added to the added that the Packers told Rodgers earlier this offseason that they were going to trade him, but then they backed off that stance. And then sometime within the last week, Rodgers told the Packers, "I'm not coming back, uh, whether or not he gets traded." I, I, gonna, I'm telling you, he's hosting Jeopardy. Maybe that'd be kind of that'd be weird. I know he likes it, done. but it would be weird. It I, just. He, I just always feel like, especially like, well, I mean, ever since that Jordan Love thing, I mean, it wasn't that long ago, but I mean, he's getting, <laughs> in fairness, he is getting paid a lot by the Packers. I mean, they gave him like I think it was something crazy, like eighty or ninety million in the first year of his contract. Like he's he's definitely financially fine. So if you're looking at it from that sense, mm-hmm. in terms of him wanting to retire, um, there's I guess a semi motivation there. Like he's won a Super Bowl already. Like, My, you know, like is there kind of like thirty seven like. You know, there's really no chance of me going home to the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Like, is it just time for me to hang it up? Like, because there were reports he's like, oh, I'm going to play it on 45 like Brady. And now we're getting these reports where it's, oh, I'm not even coming back at all. Yeah. Like, trade trade or, trade or not, like, I'm not coming back. Yeah. But I just, I think that's so, I don't know. I mean, I, I just think that's so, like, for a guy who's been... In you know one organization his entire his entire career and is one of the best quarterbacks at all time right to just say I'm not coming back just seems just kind of just off to me does it does it does it not I mean I just I don't think I really don't think he's going anywhere honestly it doesn't really seem that off to me I mean he seems like that type of guy that would do something like that to be honest yeah I don't know but um yeah I don't know it's 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 an inter- it's very interesting. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I really I don't have much to say other than I really I can't imagine Aaron Rodgers not being a Packer. I can't. Well, we will see the way that turns out to be. Quickly in the last thirty seconds, who do you got winning the Kentucky Derby? Oh, um, I mean, you can't bet it. You can't bet against uh, Bob Baffert, right? Medina Spirit. He's that's who's the favorite? Do you know? Is it it's essential quality? Isn't essential it? quality, number fourteen horse. Yeah, he's a, a Brad H. Cox is his tra- Cox. Excuse me, is his trainer. Um, but we're uh, we're out of we we're are, out of we time. Are out of time. <laughs> um, yeah, we're out of time here on the McShane and Rucker Show uh, here on VIC Radio. Good show, good show today. As always, it's our final one in the studio mm-hmm. of the semester. We got one more next week, virtually. Um, and then we'll, we will be back in the fall. But as always, you can uh, listen to our show 8 to 9 a.m. right here on VAC Radio. And if you miss it, you could always find us on Spotify or Anchor starting at 4. That'll do it for us here. Jack McShane, Oliver Rucker. Have a good weekend, everybody.